in speaking with some of the spirit of indigenous cultures here um there was i always had that you know there's a whole concept of song lines and um you know the the energy lines and the planet and like they look at it um as, as being sung and all this and um there was a meeting that i had at one point where um i met with this spirit of this elder and he said um he said oh we're not um <clears throat> we weren't here like we weren't the first people here we actually we actually sung this world into existence and so we were the creators of this world and our sole purpose was to sing the evolution of this world for for eternity and he said when white man came you took our voice away and so the planet can't evolve and so um some of us and many of us are from that and reincarnating to sing the evolution of the planet back in again um and that really just resonated with me and made sense on some level it's like that's what we're doing and that's why our voices are important and it's like you know each one of us whether we're connected to that culture or not it's the human consciousness has literally vibrationally sung this world into existence um not just human but also you know all life on this yeah and i think we vibrationally manifest before we got to accentuate the positive wow i feel good a little bit of feel good goes a long way you're listening to karen swain teacher of deliberate creation accentuating the positive showing you a way to a better life accentuating the positive it's not just bad it's sanity who in their right mind would accentuate anything else hello and welcome to another show accentuating the positive with karen swain so wonderful to be with you again I have yet another beautiful, delicious expert, a sound healer to introduce you to today. He is in Australia. He's not an Aussie, but he does live here. His name is Matt Omo. Welcome to the show, Matt. No, oh, thanks, Karen. You know, I met Matt, uh, I don't know, about four or five years ago now uh, during one of his sessions, which I'll talk about in a minute, what I experienced, but um, we're going to go through Matt's story as well. It's quite a transformative story. Do you know how much I liked it? present people with a transformative stories and having known Matt for a few years I actually had never heard his story until recently when he did his book launch and he you shared your story because I've always wanted to put you on the show because I love what you do and it's and yeah. I love the effects of what you do both on myself and what I see happening to others and I thought well we could talk about sound but when I heard your story I thought oh great that is such an amazing story so we're yeah, talk. I should have told you sooner then. Yeah, you should have told me sooner. But listen, <laughs> let me just read your bio, bio here. So Matt Omo yeah. is one of the leaders in sound healing movement here in Australia with over 15 years' experience working in a variety of sound healing techniques. He bridges cultures and traditions from around the world. Matt holds an MA in spiritual psychology, a diploma of sound healing. He's a Reiki master, certified Kundalini yoga teacher, trained as a breath worker with numerous certificates in other healing modalities. He's been a busy boy. He is also the co-founder of Be Still and Chill Health and Wellness, a thriving health centre here in Sydney, Australia, up in the Northern Beaches. 
With a diverse background in computers, massage and management, Matt has a vast knowledge of the workings of the wellness industry he has brought together to create a platform for transformation change in communities around the world. The work and awareness of sound healing and its benefits is growing every day. And it sure is. I see it. I see it. Mm. It's growing mm. every day. It's, it's exponential. And Matt's developing a new programs and products to meet this need and continue to support people in discovering the benefits of the healing and transformative power of sound. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. where are you originally from? I'm originally from the States. Like, grew up near Chicago, northern Indiana. So, yeah, been out here for 12 years now. Mm. So it's, it's pretty much home. Mm. And, um, yeah. What, what brought you here? I always ask everyone that I meet, and I say, what brought And they usually say, oh, love relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Australian girl brought me here. Yeah. So, yeah. And once you get here, there's not you, you can't get very far. You get kind of pulled in. It's not a bad place to be stuck. No, it's a pretty amazing place. I um, look. I was listening to an Aboriginal elder speaking at another book launch recently, and and mm. uh, she said, you know, the Aborigines say that this is where the teachers come to learn, the leaders come to learn. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's interesting because yeah. the the work that I do, it, it was all pretty much developed here. Like a, a lot of the concepts and things I had embraced in the States, but it didn't really gel until I got here. And even like, even the, the didgeridoo, playing the didge, I was, I had um, purchased a didge in LA that was made here and then um, tried to play it for like three years in LA and it never, never worked for me. And oh. it, it was, you know, months after being here, just all of a sudden could do it. And um yeah. There's lots of stories around that, but um, yeah, it's, I, I totally resonate with that statement. That's, yeah, I, I had felt like Australia has some, I, you know, people, that's why I ask people why they come, because they usually come because they're following some love relationship, but I think the land draws you here. I think the energy, the community, mm. something, something draws people here that's not what they think it is. It's like people mm. think, oh, I want to live in a pretty place or by the beach or I'm going to fall in love with an Australian, world. you know, whatever. But it's usually a different reason. It's usually to develop that and then take it back out into the world. Like, yeah, mm. I'm here to develop that. Uh, <laughs> I'm full of good tricks. <laughs> Just uh, fixing the microphone there. Okay, so I went to the book launch the other night and um, it was amazing. Do you want to hold up your book? Yeah, there it is. Da -da -da -da. Love your vibe. What does it say? Using the power of sound to take uh, command. Using the power of sound to take command of your life. Yeah. So, yeah. for somebody who is uh, more someone who facilitates sound, it's unusual that you actually wrote a book. Why did you write a book? Oh, look, I've been. One reason is because I've got so many processes and I just keep forgetting them. So, I wanted to put it somewhere where I didn't forget. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I had this, I've always had this in like, um, when I first started, like my, my whole vision is that, um, is that we're all sound healers. Okay. And so like, um, we're all working with sound and vibration and the, the larger definition of what sound and vibration is, um, our Western minds have a, a very limited perception of sound and vibration as a, as a, a form of entertainment. Yeah. And so 
if you get into the ancient cultures and the um, what the mystics have been talking about for millennia, you start to hear that um, all of creation is actually vibration or sound. And so within that, then, if you start to really embrace that concept, then you are realizing that you are using sound and vibration in your life to create your life and that we need to take a more, or I feel that humanity as a whole can take a more empowered stance of that, more responsibility of what they're putting out there through their vibrational transmission. And so, um, you know, I was finding the workshops I led, people were coming in and expecting performances from me and expecting me to entertain them and, you know, make them feel good and then go back into their lives. And then they continue to create disharmony and bad vibrations in their lives instead of realizing that they are the source of that. And so I wanted to start to develop processes that actually taught people that awareness taught people that wisdom and how to then take command of their vibrational state their their um their frequency which is what i call the vibrational signature um which consists of your breath your body your mind and your emotions if you take command of those four components then you have command of your life and so in the developing of how do i actually um uh, teach that how do i actually share that with people in a way that's that's palatable for our western mindset um this process developed so this this book is actually outlining the seven session process that i developed through workshops over the last um eight years or so fantastic yeah. well, let me tell you my experience of you and i think it was about five years ago now that i i was with my flatmate she wasn't feeling very well and i saw that there was a sound healing on up the road at the local yoga center so we cruised up there to experience your sound healing. And I remember you asked people to set an intention. And my intention was to bring my flatmate so that she would have some experience of it and some healing, right? That was my intention. So I didn't really have an intention for me. And I remember I said, I don't really have an intention. And I remember you saying, watch out. (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, you've got no intention, well, then there's, you know, like spirit will have some intention, like we'll have something going on and it probably won't be what you're expecting. <laughs> and I remember thinking, hmm, that was an interesting comment. And <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was absolutely true because yeah. uh, so you have us lie down on the floor that day with our heads in the center and our eyes shut. So you were in the center of us and we were in a circle. And what I experienced was I felt like there were so many beings, like people, actually people in the room. Like I felt like there was a crowd facilitating this sound. Like it felt, you know, when you're in a crowd of people, you can feel people around you. Like you can feel their presence. That's what I could feel. I didn't specifically see them, although I can see a lot of things, but I'm a very open third eye, but I felt them. And I had this really sharp pain just like surge through my gut. And I think I had some sort of gallbladder release, like a stone release or something happened. Like I asked my guides afterwards and they said, yeah, something like that. Don't worry about it. It's like you're not dying or anything. But basically I received the healing, you know, like I received the healing. So Mm. I bring my flatmate to get her and she thought it was amazing. But I received this healing and I didn't have intention. So, So they used that sound to sort of, I don't know, just release some blockage. Maybe it was a gold stone or something. Mm. Yeah. So it was, I was kind of blown away at the end of it. I was like, oh my God, the power of sound, you know, that yeah. 
just yeah and I walked up to you afterwards and I said hmm you work with the Hathors and you go <laughs> you go oh you know <laughs> I said oh yeah do you yeah. want to talk about how it started for you and how you met these beings and you know let's oh, get it's from a, the it's, yeah I, that's a it's always a hard question for me to answer because you know it's like you look back and you see you know all these different merging lines that 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 come together and it's like oh yeah that's why I did all those different things so it's like to try and figure out how it started and where it came in is, is a difficult question to answer um, but the best that I can kind of articulate in this kind of time span is um, you know I had I'd always had a fascination with sound um, something that I explored when I was in Los Angeles and, and in like a you know um, wanted to be a musician kind of thing, but I never had formal training. So it was just like, you know, just dabbled in it. And, um, and then through time, through working with a kind of the spiritually focused acting teacher, um, I realized that creativity and spirituality kind of coincided. And that's when I started then to work with different creative processes. Like, um, I, I dove into Julia Cameron's work, the artist way. Um, and she really talks, you know, it's, it was designed, back in the 90s for um, you familiar with that work yeah 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 and um you know to help stuck artists get unstuck basically and mm -hmm. and it actually relates to all all people whatever industry they're in whether they're artists or not i think we're all but what i want from you is what you said during the um um the uh, book launch that story about your mum and what and looking yeah. for you know tell us that story because i found that just such a beautiful story about what happened with your oh, mom. about my mom yeah well, that was the, that was like the very, that was pre, pre everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the, yeah. the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, well, I was, um, well, she, she died when I was 22, 20. Yeah. It would have been 22, I think 23, 23. And, um, and, during like a few days after that, um, after she passed, I was, um, I had a very vivid dream about her, um, where she basically took me to this, this space to, um, to spirit, I guess I would call it. Um, I was very childlike and connecting to her, um, in that kind of mother daughter kind of dynamic. And, um, and she came swooping down she's very angelic kind of figure. Um, like, that's the wrong word and etheric, you know, mm -hmm. like she wasn't informed, but mm -hmm. I knew that it was her. And so one of the things I tried to reach for her and I couldn't, I could reach out to her, but when I tried to embrace her, she would pull away. And, um, so there was a message in that for me that I discovered 20 years later. And there, um, in that, um, she was showing me that I didn't, I needed to hold myself and that that only came through like two years ago um but this whole dream then opened and the the chandelier in our dining room where i was having this vision this dream opened up to this like it almost looked like a movie screen and um i saw colors and shapes that were beyond the colors and shapes that we could see and heard sounds that were beyond the sounds of our ear um and you know it was just just this profound experience. And I thought, Oh, wow. What is this that you're showing me? And there was never an answer as to what it was. And, um, and it, upon waking, it was very vivid. I jumped up into my body and like was wide awake and just 
it was as if I had actually experienced it in, in real time, you know, mm-hmm. and over the years I discovered it was not a, a, a television screen. It was a mirror and she was showing me a reflection of my true self. And so I was seeing the multidimensional um, colors and shapes and sounds that actually made up who I was. And, um, and so it was just beautiful unfolding. Uh, basically that was the introduction, I guess, to, beyond the physical and that all yeah. is vibration and so over you're, time you're about 22 and were you close yeah. with your mom yeah yeah very close to my mom and she was, was she, was she was awake to any of this she stuff like, hey she was, she was a nurse yeah a nurse and a healer she was like you know she was she, we were very very similar i find the more that i i grow up i realize how similar i am to her um, yeah 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 and so she was a healer and the 22 year old Matt is probably doing what most 22 year olds do. It's like, I don't know, get the girl, get the car, get the career. Whatever. Yeah, well, I was, um, I was studying to be a computer engineer at that point. Right. So yeah, I was doing what everybody was supposed to do, get the job, get the career. And how did the, um, did she die of cancer? No, no, it was, um, it's still unknown really there was some sort of um she was either she was either shot or she killed herself but it's um it's unknown so um there was no definitive answer because it was you know typical things as like you know a suicide note or this or that was not um part of it and um yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of gray around that so i've had to let that go over the years was she unhappy um not not noticeably no mm. i think she was struggling on some levels there was a, i believe that she like knowing myself more i've dealt a lot with depression and realized a lot about myself with my biochemistry and and how i actually function and um how yeah just just my biochemistry and how i am and i think i can kind of empathize where she may have been in herself right and um and see that there was she could have been on a bit of a downward spiral um and there's i there's a lot that i didn't know i was away at school and um she was i don't know what was going on with with her at that point in life you know my mom died of cancer when i was 16 and uh look when you see someone i I think that for you your mom's there one minute and then gone the next and she's not gone through the process of illness so mm. you've not contemplated her death or it's like such a, it's such a wake oh, up call. It's such a yeah. bang. Whereas when you yeah. watch someone struggle with illness, by the end of it, you're like, please go. So you're <laughs> like, you know, you're asking them to go because you just can't stand watching them suffer anymore. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but it just such an activation into that connection with spirit, you know, that, when someone dies, they return to that place that you saw that place. And the fact that you're, that your mother showed it to you when you were saying, telling us at the book launch, Mm. I was there, you know, you were describing it and I went to that place and I'm going, wow. You know, you were sort of a little bit more descriptive about what you were experiencing. And you said that really your journey has been trying to find that place again in the mm. sense, you know, like, what, right. what is that place? What, you what know? are those sounds? What are those colors? I used to sit in my engineering courses and just try and draw these multidimensional shapes that you can't draw. And I was like, right. how do you draw that twisted squares and, you know, DNAs and like, you know, helixes and trying to recreate it. And um, 
it was actually uh, only like I, I didn't explore the sound so much until later. And then I got to a point where working with the gong, gong especially. So through Kundalini Yoga, I was introduced to the gong. And it's very, I just really, to me, the gong is a portal. It's, oh, um, absolutely. I, I forgot know, to tell that people gong. that you're the gong guru. We call you the gong guru. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I'm the gong guru. I forgot to tell people that. Yeah, yeah that's the gong. it. The gong, this cat's driving me crazy. It's trying to drink my water and hassling me. Oh, no. um, you know, the gong is exponentially portal. Yeah, it just, yeah. It's that's okay. it. And so when I started hitting that, I was like, oh, here's my way back to that. And right. then that's, that's when, you know, you talk about the Hathors and, the, you know, all these beings and feeling like you're being held in that room. It's like, well, yeah, I was freaking, freaking out. I was like, you know, didn't know what was going on with me because I would hit that and then I would see certain images like mostly in my head you know in my mind but it's like you like you say you feel that presence but you visualize that presence next to you <laughs> i guess it's the best way to describe it. it's not like someone's actually literally standing there but energetically you can feel there's someone standing there and you can see them in your mind and it's like oh that's a bit unnerving and then as i started <laughs> started to play i was like you know lights going on and off printers starting when they're not supposed to um I was in a dark room with a hallway that was lit and I would see foot like people walking past the door and there's nobody in the building. I'm like, okay, this is a bit, this is really freaky. And, um, I thought I was losing my mind, you know? And yeah, like, like most people do when they enter that space. Yeah. I'm yeah but it's still debatable, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You could be crazy. <laughs> we all are crazy. I reckon. What does, yeah. um, who was it? Oh, somebody said, uh, oh, I think it was in the book's conversation. God, in order to know God, you have to be out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice one. <laughs> it's too true. Yeah, um, yeah. So just exploring that, and it's um, it's been quite a journey. Yeah. It's been a, a big journey. So let's let's hear more of the journey. So you okay. you heard you you went to this place. Your mum came to you. Was it? very long after she died like was it months weeks days no it was just days like it was actually literally we had the um it was like the day after we had the service i think um yeah i was still because i had gone back home for the service and everything so i was sleeping in my childhood bed and um you know it was just yeah kind of back home and yeah and when you woke up in the morning i guess the quest was what is that place? And then you like spent the rest of your life trying to recreate it, trying to find it, trying to the, uh, like that question, like, what is that? What was that? Well, yeah. How do I get back to her? Basically, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, going through that whole grieving process at first, the first few years, it was just about everything was so wrong. I think in, in the, at the book launch, I talked about it when my dad told me that she had been killed. It was like, my hands just clenched. I can still remember when he told me and that feeling, that clenching of those fists and that locking of that, that anger and that, you know, just went right up my arms into my heart. And it was just this shutdown, just, and just, um, so then the journey began. It's like, how to, that being reefed away from that connection, that, um, relationship, you know, um, probably the, the closest relationship we ever have is with our, our mothers. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, losing that. And then it's like, well, 
on one level, I was like, okay, it's time to grow up. And then on the other level, it's like that child was wounded and looking for his mother. And it's like, um, so I kind of had to do that ex exploration, finding myself and, and finding the way to satiate. That's why I say when I reached out to her in that vision, she pulled away. And it was like that child in me wanted to hold her and be held by her. And she was saying, you know, you've got to hold yourself. And it's always been that, you know, and, and as in, the, it was actually in the writing of the book that that actually landed in, I mean, you know, you conceptually get stuff, but then it actually embody it as another story. And so Absolutely. 20, 22 years later, it actually, boom, I embodied that concept. So it's like, it so do you, do you feel it took a while? It does, takes a while. <laughs> do you um, feel closer to her? Like what you, the love that you know, that's her, like that, because really a, a parent yeah. or a lover is, is that ah, feeling of that connection and we have that whether it's, you know, we have that with our own source, I suppose. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, it's like she's been there the whole time. Yeah. But she, when she opened that portal and that vision, I mean, that was the way that I was capable of receiving at that time in my life was through my dream state. Um, my conscious mind was too cluttered and restricted, you know? Yeah. And now all I got to do is sit down in front of a crystal ball and I open up to those realms. Right. And, um, and you know, that's through practice and through time and through, um, you know, just developing our, I think our capacity is far larger than we give ourselves credit for, but she's always been there. And when you said that, when you asked me that question just now, it just was like, um, you know, you, when, when someone dies, that, or, you know, whether they're close to you or not, it's like you, I think we have to, the grieving process feels like it's, it's a letting go of one relationship and then creating a new relationship. And it's a, and so, you know, that took some time. And then in this new relationship is that she, I found her in the sounds. I found her in, um, you know, she's still the nurse, still the healer in that realm. And, and being the bridge for me to bring her healing or whatever, or it's all us really yeah. that source, you know, yeah. bringing that, that through, you know? And so. Absolutely. And absolutely. So, That's so beautifully said, Matt, you know, I was listening to X to Hicks talk about, you know, she teaches the teachings of Abraham. Do you know the Hicks? Did? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, so. Jerry dropped his body and she, who, so this was interesting because she's like my, to me, this revered teacher who teaches the world about, all this stuff and then she's living it you know that conceptual stuff and then living it like she's yeah. having her like a experience of what you know abraham talks about because abraham's always saying you know you've got to get over this death thing there's no such thing as death you know she's That's repeatedly it. said that a million times and then she has her death experience but uh, jerry said through her stop looking for me where i was and look mm. at me where i am and that's exactly what you said like i'm not in the body stop looking for the body that's, i'm that's not it. there <laughs> and yeah. for me where i am so that's yeah that's what that's the grieving process to stop looking for somebody in their physical form and look for them where they are and then when you find them the grief stops yeah and and i think like the the level like what happened at the book launch it was kind of like you know there was a there was a part of me that pursuing this career and doing this work was a uh um carrying on her legacy yeah. you know and 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 it was um i'm oh, gonna get emotional um 
<laughs> it was, um, you know, a part of me was doing it for her. And like, that was, I put a lot of weight into this book. You know, it's like, oh, this is something in form that can represent her life continuing, you know? And it was like, and then, uh, and all this was like, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess at the, at the book launch, all this is just landing for me in front of, you know, a hundred people. Okay. Like, Let me tell you what happened. So, <laughs> so we're in the geodesic dome, the sound life dome, which is just this amazing space. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. And there's all these people there and, uh, and Matt's standing up and he was going through, now I'm crying. He was going through this struggle of ego and service. So the ego says, yeah. look at me, look at me. I've got something to, to sell you, to show you, and you're going to give me whatever I'm asking for. Like you're going to give me praise, applause. You're going to buy my book. You're going to come to my sessions. You're going to pay me, whatever. That's the ego says, what am I going to get from you? And then spirit says, what can I give to you? You know, what, what can I share with you? What can I share authentically? And, and there is this struggle going on with you on stage, which mm. was because you kept talking. And actually, when you were talking, you were really engaging. And then you'd stop and you'd like beat up on yourself and say, oh, fuck, I sound like such a bloody dork. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't want to sell you anything. I'm, I'm going into my sales pitch spiel. And so I, it was openly... The, the battle between the ego and the selfless giving was just raw and out there on stage for everyone to see. And, and I actually thought it was really beautiful, except for you kept beating up on yourself. And I thought, enough with the beating up on yourself, Matt. Yeah. Because we all have that struggle yeah. of what can I get to what can I give? We think that we need to get something from people when in fact all we need to do is give. And in yeah. the giving, all is received. And so there's always that struggle within all of us. And uh, seeing you openly do it in front of an audience was really quite enlightening, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but also, because you're someone that plays, you know, you facilitate, you facilitate sound. So being a speaker is a whole different mm. journey and energy to stand and be real and raw and authentic in front of a crowd of people is something that terrifies most people mm. right it's yeah. like, but what you do with the sound which we can't really translate on a podcast show we can send people mm. to a link is just exponentially multi-dimensional yeah it's just amazing what you do because you get into that zone you bring in all those beings and it's quite an amazing experience yeah yeah it's it blows my mind i just sometimes sit back and like my conscious mind is observing what's happening and I'm like, oh, right. that's just, what is that? It's so unreal. Right. The Conscious Club put you on. That I think that was the biggest gig you'd done up until that point, wasn't it? Yeah, there was about 400 there, I think, for that one. And what did you experience when you were like facilitating sound for that? Is it different when you've got more people? <sighs> It is different. Yeah. It's, um, I, I wasn't like, it's, it's funny because each step I take, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. I, I, don't, right. I don't know if I could do this. And then, then I do it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that fucking worked. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I, I think I just, I've done a couple groups that size since then. And, um, and just this year I did a group of about 900. Um, wow. and, in that in that group i it kind of landed for me as a difference and it was like you you have 
there's a, there's a synergy that has to happen. So like when we start to work together in a group, whether it's, you know, 10 people or, you know, a thousand people, everyone has to kind of, kind of come into sync, come into, um, this, I, I don't know, it's, it's harmony basically. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes some time and, and, and some groups will be ready and they'll just drop right in. Other groups, it's like, um, takes a bit of cajoling to get everybody onto that page. Um, but then once we all get there, then it's like this movement happens and we start to release the bounds of our physical, mental, emotional states. And we start to reach into a, a vast, more vast consciousness. And it's like, um, that's what I was referring to with the gong being a portal. It's almost like the gong and the sounds and the, the layers allow us to relinquish that grasp that our 3D reality has upon us and then move into that expanded consciousness where we have access to that oneness, that wholeness. And, you know, and that's what it's all about really. And so in the, in the larger groups, I find once that gets going, it's literally like you've just um, set a freight train down a steep hill. Right. And then, and so with the smaller groups, I can, sometimes people will have a, come up against a place of resistance where there's a, a muting of that divine harmony that's wanting to flow through them. And then it shows up in the tension in the body or emotional release or a um, old memory or something, whatever. And, and they're off on their journey and kind of like losing that, that synergy. And so it's my job then to help bring them back into harmony with the rest of the group. And so with a small group, it's easy to then work with one or two people and keep that kind of, you know, on the tracks. But then with a larger group, if it's not just one person that kind of goes off, it's like a couple dozen. And then, then you've got this whole freight train going down this hill that you're trying to keep on the tracks. And it's like, it's a very... Um, it can be challenging and it's quite, but it's quite beautiful when you start to dance with it and -hmm. it's like, you just, you know, it's going to move, but you got to kind of guide it. And it's, um, so that's the the biggest difference that I notice with working with a larger group is that, you know, it's just get this momentum and it's this, you really feel how powerful we are when we start to come together. Oh yeah. Oh, it's just mind blowing. Um, the, the capacity that we have, you know, only, only having experienced a few thousand, like imagine what a few million on the planet together, same intention. I mean, this is what a lot of the work that we're seeing is, is happening now, meditation and like the, yeah. the million mm-hmm. meditator thing that was going on. It's like, it's all happening and people are similar consciousness moving forward together. It's beautiful. A collective, um, I was just seeing people kind of doing sound together at the same time all over the planet because there's been the meditation mm. but letting out that same sound and same intention all over the planet i just had that vision mm. uh, thank you for that that was a beautiful vision <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i've seen that one too <laughs> have you hold the vision right you've just given me that vision but um i think we don't even i think we're just not even scratching the surface on the power of sound as mm. as a collective as a third dimensional paradigm uh what i've experienced with it uh, i I know it can go so much further but it's kind of scary like a portal like it's like you can literally years ago i read the seth books many many moons ago in my 20s and there was something in it that always stayed with me where seth said that at some stage on this planet there was a group of beings that evolved and they became very um, highly evolved and they tried to evolve violence out of an aggression out of their um, DNA 
which mm. they did, but they did it to the point where they couldn't even defend themselves against the weather and they had to move underground and they lived in inner earth and they used sound for all their energy. They used it to, um, to, you know, to get around. They used it to cook with, they used it to paint with, and that was just like sound was their energy source. Mm. And I, I just, I read that like a million years ago and I've, it's never left me mm. uh, in one of the Seth books. And mm. what I've experienced at that big gathering you did at Conscious Club was after you finished, I felt literally like I was glued to the floor. Yeah. It was because the healing I received from the little gathering was like a little release, but I felt like I received a bigger healing in a bigger gathering. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I, yeah. I received much more. And so I felt literally like I couldn't get up. Like yeah. I needed someone to get me up. I was just, it was kind of like it had an operation. I don't know. It was like yeah. something had happened and I felt like, oh, I don't think I can get up. Yeah, yeah, but I knew that it was a good thing. Like when you've had a big healing or a big, if you've gone to hospital, like we used to read it, and you've had a big operation, then you need time to recover. And that's how I felt after that. Mm. Yeah. So maybe the bigger the group, the more powerful it is. I don't know. I don't know either. It's, uh, it feels, feels strong. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you think? we can take sound like what have you've gone you've gone there in your mind like what you can do with it where do you think we can go i don't know i like what you said about um the seth books i hadn't heard that before that was in there um abraham talks about it too there's a um somebody asked her about the pyramids right and, uh, and she said basically that um the the Egyptian culture was using like we have harnessed light and electricity and that the Egyptian culture had harnessed sound in the same way. And so they were utilizing sound and it's, a, and they say sound is a much more powerful, um, physical, um, energy than light is. Um, and so she says, once, once you guys, this civilization understands that power of sound and how to harness it as we have with the light and electricity, then there's going to be huge shifts on the planet. And, um, Absolutely. you know, and it's already starting to show up in many, uh, in medical capacities, use of sound, ultrasound, mm -hmm. ultrasound. Uh, focused ultrasound. They're mending bones. They're blowing up kidney stones. They're, um, you know, they're using the Western model, which I think is a bit restrictive, but it's, I guess, a step in the right direction and that they're targeting, like moving past the, the, the blood brain barrier to um, uh, deposit drugs directly to the area that needs them utilizing sound to transmit it to, to transport it there. So it's like, there's fascinating things that are happening. And um, yes, we're getting a better understanding. I just heard some science somewhere about um, there's actually a component of matter related to sound that they were, they had not known before. And so a lot of the, the, the conversation is that a lot of the, traditional physics around sound is actually um, starting to fall away and there's new understanding coming forward as we, you know, delve deeper into the quantum um, concepts. So it's, um, I think that there's, there's an unlimited cap capacity. Um, you know, you've got um, Edgar Cayce had prophesied that the new forms of medicine were going to be all related to sound. Um, you've got um, Nikola Tesla and even, um, Albert Einstein, there's a few quotes of them relating to 
the power of sound and vibration and it being everything and like you know through their scientific exploration they're getting back to what the ancients and mystics had talked about so i think when in sound is the essence of creation mm-hmm. and and it's within every cell of our being and i think somewhere in there is a our, our ability to understand our capacity more fully so how do you articulate that in form i don't know uh, absolutely you're yeah. spot on you know i've I've read or heard that um, the pyramids were built by the ETs, probably, yeah. you know, because I think that there was a time on this earth during that Egyptian period where humans and extraterrestrials walked together hand in hand on planet earth. Mm-hmm. Something I'm looking forward to happening again, you know, like when, like, you know, that, that bar scene in Star Wars where we're all just hanging out. You know? The canteen, huh? Yeah. Um, but that they obviously were so much more um, intellectually or revolved than we were. And they did, they used sound to build the pyramids. They, you know, we try to, as 3D humans, try to conceptualize how did they put these big boulders together Mm. when they didn't have the machinery that, you know, modern man has, Mm. but, um, but they had sound and they, Mm. they used it to transport the, these big, put them in place with the, yeah, the power of sound. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. um, tell us about your relationship with the Hathors. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what to tell about it. There, see, when I do the work, the Hathors came in because I don't know, I don't, I don't know what these things are. I didn't know how to define it. You know, like this, I would see like a Native American at first, or um. Uh, another one was like this this little dude that looked like Gollum, you know, from Lord of the Rings. And he would kind of scurry around on the walls and up the ceiling and stuff. And like, that was really freaked me out. But um, I was making all these sounds and stuff. And you, you, you've heard what I do. And um, I think we can share something with your, your community as well. Um, so they get a taste of it. But um, the sound, one of my clients came in, Justine. You remember Justine, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um. And, and, you know, she had encouraged me to actually do the work. And then as I was going, she's like, you know what, what these sounds sound like? It sounds like you're working, um, you're doing very similar stuff to what Tom Kenyon is doing. Yeah. And I was like, who the hell is Tom Kenyon? Yeah. And, um, right. and then that's when I was introduced to his work. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. And a month later, I'm in the States working with Tom Kenyon and was introduced to right. what he calls the Hathors, um, which is you know, funny. We we're talking about Egypt as well because they apparently were working with the egyptians back in yeah. the day they were one of the ets that were like walking the earth with humans back that's then. right and yeah. so and um tom is a sound healer in the states um who works with them exclusively and brings their frequencies through and um and so being introduced to his work i started then to identify with that um construct and um and then started to consciously um connect to that kind of vibration as well and they come through at times as well as you know you said you felt the whole tribe around there's there's many different um beings and cultures that i feel are just like right on the other side of this veil and like as you start to work with sound it's like this they're queuing up almost it's all, and yeah it opens and it's like they're queuing up they're like it's about freaking time you guys learn to work with sound again because we're here <laughs> waiting in vibration you know yeah. like <laughs> so I have to tell you, 
I have to tell you what happened. I want to, I want to chat about Justine too, because he shared that also at the book, because that was beautiful and she was such a beautiful, and we need to honor her. But yeah. yesterday we were on retreat, you know, I got back from retreat last night and uh, just before we left, we were just in a circle, a little circle, I don't know, about half a dozen of us, just omming, just, just toning, just omming, I can't remember, just sounding, mm. uh, to say goodbye. And yeah, they just sometimes they just reach this point where the, this vibration is so pure. Anyway, this little Aboriginal dude stuck his head through the veil, like used that sound to like just pierce through the veil and he stuck his head right in my face. He was all <laughs> painted up. He was all painted up like in corroboree dress. Like it was just his head. But I had seen them out in the bush. I had seen five in my third eye and asked them who they were and they said, oh, we're the custodians and they were just witnessing. They were just watching us. They were just yeah. watching us. They, somebody asked me, were they benevolent, malevolent? And I said, no, no, neither, good nor bad, just witnessing, just watching, just like we would watch animals in a zoo. It's kind of terrible but mm. to say that. But we love the animals and we like to watch what they do. And then this guy came in through this sound just, and he yeah. said, you only saw five of us, but there are thousands of us here. And he mm. just showed me, just opened this, he said, have a look. And there mm. was just all these indigenous in spirit everywhere. Mm. And I just went, okay, well, what do you want of us? And they said, we want you to dance. <laughs> <laughs> dance the land. And uh, yeah. just but they came in on that sound. So you can yeah. use sound to open your third eye, to pierce the veil to communicate with spirit for people that so many people ask me, how do I communicate with my spirit guides? You can use sound to do that. Yeah. To take you through that portal from the mind to the connection with spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's limitless really. Yep. In speaking with some of the spirit of indigenous cultures here, um, there was, I always had that, you know, there's a whole concept of song lines and, um, you know, the, the energy lines and the planet and like they look at it um, as, as being sung and all this. And um, there was a meeting that I had at one point where um, I met with this spirit of this elder and he said, um, I said, oh, we're not, um, <clears throat> we weren't here. Like we weren't the, first people here we actually we actually sung this world into existence and so we were the creators of this world and our sole purpose was to sing the evolution of this world for for eternity and he said when white man came you took our voice away and so the planet can't evolve and so um, some of us and many of us are from that and reincarnating to sing the evolution of the planet back in again. Um, and that really just resonated with me and made sense on some level. It's like, that's what we're doing. And that's why our voices are important. And it's like, you know, each one of us, whether we're connected to that culture or not, it's the human consciousness has literally vibrationally sung this world into existence. Um, not just human, but also, you know, all life on this yeah. planet. I think we vibrationally manifest before we physically manifest. And so there's a restriction of that evolution, the natural progression of this world because of the muting of our voice that is now being reclaimed, I think. And that's why a lot of these indigenous cultures are being 
um, honored and, and more respected now and, and understood is because they had that full expression of voice and connection to the natural evolution of things in harmony. And so, and we've gone so far out of that harmony that we are now reclaiming what we once knew. So That's powerful, Matt. I, I'm just having all these visions. That's so powerful. Like what, what man, white man has done with, uh, singing, you know, so many songs because I, I don't know, maybe when you turn sound into song, it amplifies the intention of what you're singing about, what you're thinking about. It's a bit like movement. When you think and then move, you, you generate more energy to the thought and then the thought becomes a bigger manifestation in the world. So it's the same with sound. It's a, well, yeah, sound, sound to me is the bridge to bring consciousness into form. Right. So you have awareness. You've got to have an understanding of like basically awareness is where you're at. So you've got to, you know, I'm here, I'm aware of what's going on. And then you have an intentional component. So awareness plus intention give you the foundation. And so it's where you are and where you want to go. And then you add the sound in or, or vibration. So those three awareness, intention, and sound create the formula for then healing or a, a larger constructively transformation or evolution. And yeah, so it's yeah. like, yeah, I think that that's the that is the because you can have awareness and intention outside of form, right? And in order to bring it in, and this is you know where cymatics kind of fits into the equation. Cymatics is that the different frequencies create different geometrical patterns on a, a plate. Like if right. you, mm -hmm. initially, it was a violin string or a violin bow across the metal plate and then these salt on this metal plate would create these, you know, um, geometric um, figures. And over time, they've started to develop it and they've got more three-dimensional patterns and using more like, you know, um, frequency generators, not just a um, vibration of a bow on the plate. Um, and so the story, to really be able to see how the actual different vibrations and combinations of vibrations are actually creating structure and form and I think those are the basic building blocks and we're just kind of, like you say, dipping our toe into a lot of this and not really understanding it fully, that if you take it to a larger scale, our bodies are holding a, a, a symphony of vibrations that create the actual form that we are, mm -hmm. as well as everything around us. And I think that we actually have the capacity to understand that. And then yeah. it's a scary thing on one level is that if we could actually use sound to actually create form from a conscious standpoint. Yeah, I'm thinking I had a, a New Zealand woman on the show who has blown my mind. I can't stop thinking about her. So she wrote mm -hmm. a, a book called The Dual Soul Connection. It's about her being an ET and a human soul. And so she's taken up on the ships all the time and she hangs out with her tribe up there and they teach her all this stuff. And one of the experiences wow. she had up on the ship was that she was in this room with some humans, some human hybrids and some ETs, and they were trying to explain to the humans how they have that dominion over manifestation of form. Mm. So they know how to dematerialize the structure of their bodies and then rematerialize it into any form, anything. So that's what they showed them. They showed them how to dematerialize and they were trying to get the humans to do it. And she said, like the humans didn't couldn't they just they couldn't grasp even though they were a dual soul so they were et soul and you know even but they were in human form so they 
they you know human mind human form so they were still working with the human form and uh and yeah I, I suspect that she didn't really have the whole nuts and bolts of it but they were probably using that sound to do exactly what you're talking about like they just have mastery over manifestation yeah 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 the the yeah, this, the kind of science behind it. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, you hear stories of people getting abducted and they say they walked through the walls. And so to the linear mind, it's like, oh, you're crazy. But when you reach that level of mastery, you understand that everything is just vibration. It's all just energy and information and vibration. And when you understand how to work with that vibration, you can walk through walls or dematerialize and rematerialize. Like you can... You can be me up Scotty, I guess, and, and go and, you know, travel through time and space and physically and plop your body somebody where else on another part. I mean, I'm looking forward to this. I'm sure I live in a future <laughs> life where this happens because I can't wait for it to happen here and now, you know. Like, yeah. So when yeah. are we going to like beam me up Scotty and I don't have to get in the car? <laughs> no, I know. I'm tired of hauling my gong up and down the coast here. <laughs> With my teleporter. Yeah. Can't you use the gong to just teleport you? <laughs> well, yeah, I've been working on that. Yeah. So, so give us some uh, experiences that you've had with sound yourself. Like, have you had any sort of physical transformational teleportation, sort of weird things happen to you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All kinds of weird things. Um, you didn't think the conversation was going to go there today, did you? But, you know, no, you're talking to uh, me, honey. <laughs> yeah. Going way, well down the rabbit hole, aren't we? You bet. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's like different, um, you know, ailments have, have come come right. I, I tone every day. Like I do a process um, that I call flow into form. And um, I can... I can adjust that to like a five minute process or as long as I want. I usually do about 20 minutes, but it's, um, you know, it's using sound to balance my, my body, mind and emotions and connect it to source and ground it in. So, um, you know, through that process, I'm always finding how sound actually impacts my physicality, uh, releasing tension in my body, um, aiding in like, you know, digestive issues or, um, yeah healing like you know sprains or bruises or like yep. that kind of stuff and it's just a um you know a practice of that um you know working with the groups you we've already talked about kind of the the wild and wacky shit about the um you know different beings and entities coming through that happens all the time um people that have died are always coming through right. um and you know working with them um and yeah, sometimes really, really tangible. I'll see, like uh, one girl had come through, and I saw this this guy standing next to her, and it, it was just really persistent that I mention it to her because I usually don't mention these things to people because it just, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Um, <laughs> Where you are today, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but it was. It turned out it was her brother who had died a few months ago, and he right. just wanted to and. Um, yeah, just mentioning that and then saying the statement that he wanted to share with her it was just um, just brought her down to a huge release, and it was um, yeah, it was beautiful. So yeah, it just um, lots going on. I I think um, you know I've, 
I, I can't even begin to explain all the different things that have happened. Well, tell us about your relationship with Justine, because I'd like to honour Justine in this conversation. She's such a beautiful being. So if people uh, might remember, because we have a lot of American uh, listeners and viewers. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Justine was that Australian teacher, consciousness teacher, healer, that yeah. were moved to the States. She was going to marry her beloved and then was tragically killed in a, an incident where a police had turned up to a 911 call because there'd been some ruckus in a laneway or something. She had mm. called them. Mm-hmm. And then the police shot her accidentally and murdered her. And so there was this huge, it was all over the news, everywhere, all over the world. Mm. Uh, so she sort of tragically and suddenly left the planet through. Now, this is something interesting that I'm just putting two and two together. Mm. Through a gunshot and so did your mom. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting is a good word for it. Um, yeah, it was challenging. Justine was... Um, uh, She's the first person that I opened up to with the gong right. um, and said, I asked her, I said, what is this? You know, I feel like I'm going crazy. And, um, and she always would talk. She was always very open about how she experienced spirit and the, her guides and her energies and this and that. And I always thought she was just a bit off the planet. But um, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was good for me. Like she supported it and she made me feel more comfortable exploring that. I mean, coming from a computer engineering degree in middle America, it's like, that's a long way from home. From yeah. So, um, yeah. And she introduced me to, or she sat through a session and then, um, I said, just listen, just tell me what you think. And, um, I banged the gong, shook a rattle, made some weird sounds. And then she came out and she, was all emotional and um, by the time she could gather herself she said well they say yeah <laughs> um, that you you need to do this you need to share this with the world so that begun the journey and um yeah so I was really close with her and so then when she was shot it was like um hard on on many well I mean I heard about it because freaking um CNN or New York Times or something was calling me and saying oh we're sorry for your loss and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about um, and then you flip on your computer and it's all over all the news feeds and it's like, wow, that's pretty horrible. And then, um, and then uh, the fact she was shot and like my mom was shot and it just resurfaced a lot of the stuff from that. And I was like, oh, the parallels were just like fucking horrible. And, um, yeah, maybe I should be doing something about, um, gun laws, like, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Um, grab a gong, not a gun. Um, but there's a slogan. There's a slogan. Now that's a good one. Just grab a gong, not a gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was. It's just really weird to me that I have two people close to me, um, and in some realm, in some regard, we're like they've moved me along my path because when, when my mom died, it was like the initial wake up and like, Oh, this is happening. And then, and then the discovery of it all. Mm-hmm. And then when Justine died, it was like, um, you know, I had, I had felt like I'd been working with my mom from that side. And then, but my mom had never experienced it here. And then when Justine died, Justine was like well and truly enmeshed in the work. And actually 24 hours before she died, we had a um, synchronistic thing happen. She's living in the States, as you said, and like, we, I was working on a new logo and 
it just so happened through all these different things that the logo actually came out and it was very similar to her logo, which I had forgotten. And when I realized that I had recreated her logo with my twist on it, I was like, shit, we got similar logos. And I thought, oh, that means we need to be working together again. And so I, te I texted her straight away and she happened to be online and just went boom, boom, boom. And like talking about how our logos could be similar. And she had this silhouette of this woman's face with the head being this um, dandelion seed of life and the dandelion seeds going out, like the brain expanding, you know, opening. Mm. And, um, and then mine was going to be a male figure opposite direction with the seed of life and musical notes coming out. And, um, and so they would match. And, um, and she's like, Oh, I'm so honored to be a part of your work and, and that we get to work together again. And, um, and it was this really cool moment that we kind of, cause she had gone off to do her thing in the States and I was here. And then it just like, we were coming back together and, um, and that's 24 hours before she was shot. Right. And I was like, Whoa, what was the point to all that? And then it was, then realizing, oh, she had experienced it here, and now I get to work with her as well. Exactly. She gets to work through me, having a different reference point than my mom did, and that maybe in some way this was allowing this work to go further. Um, Absolutely. Ha having somebody who physically was a part of it and now moved into spirit, it, I think, creates a stronger bond and capacity for me to actually connect. Um, and it's, it's still bullshit that she had to die, but... Um, well, yeah. <laughs> she didn't die. She just dropped a body. You know, dropped like, a body, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I walk between worlds, so I don't. People were quizzing me about this on the weekend, so I don't see here and there. I just see, yeah, uh, you know, because I can shut my eyes and I'm there. So, yeah. um, you know, my one of my best friends was born thalidomide, and she died at forty. And she came to me in a dream. She had a brain operation. She had a tumor, and I saw her in a dream and. And I said to her, I'm holding her and shaking her going, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Thinking, you know, mm. she's in a coma or whatever, or she just had the operation. And um, she says to me, of course I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. So I mm. ring her sister the next morning and say, she's going to be fine. I saw her in a dream last night. She's gonna, and she died that night. And then, mm. and then I see her again in spirit. And I said, you lied to me. You told me you were okay. She said, I am okay. I'm just not in my body. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of messing with me, you know, like that's what that's mm. part of our relationship. But we forget yeah. that the body is just one experience. It's like the shirt we're wearing. We can take it off and put on another shirt, like have another experience. And, and so True. if someone yeah. drops their body, it doesn't mean they have to drop us. So no, when, that's exactly right. When, when you were talking with Christine, like we're working together, we're working together. I mean, Justine. Yeah. You are working together. Just, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, she's very present. Um, and yeah, even just I was on retreat this last weekend. And um, yeah, she had, when she worked with the work in physical, there was um, certain things that she would relate to. She related to this, this golden woman with this gold ribbon that kind of flowed and that when I was doing the sounds, she would chime in and do her sounds and like almost go into like this full orgasmic release kind of thing. And right. she says, I said, what are you doing? And she's like, Oh, there's this gold woman with this gold ribbon. And she just dances around and swings the ribbon around the room and heals people. And I'm just singing with her. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and, uh, 
and this came through at this retreat yes uh sunday and it's like i just saw this gold woman and this ribbon and then justine was there just laughing her head off and just she literally like sung through me and it was as if she was singing me and i was like this is so rad and um yeah. you're making me cry <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i know she's there it's, uh, it's it's that thing you know we're we're multi-dimensional and three-dimensional and you know where there's human side and spiritual and it's like the the spiritual side still longs for that physical touch and that connection and yeah. you know but yet we know uh, when we relate to the spiritual that we're already connected and when that relationship's still there so there's no absolutely. death in that regard absolutely so oh darling i've just looked at the clock 11 11 look at that i know um <laughs> i was thinking well we've got to wrap it up now uh, so <laughs> is there anything i'd love people to experience your work how are we going to do that yeah well i've <clears throat> i'm really excited because i've started recording stuff now and um which gives me the ability to multi-layer things and i've got a beautiful 20 minute process that um takes people on a, on a nice journey so um i can share that with everybody um just give you a link for that great okay i'll put that link on my web page yeah. i probably won't put it on the youtube or itunes so you'll have to go to my web page and then you'll see all you'll see matt's book there and you'll see both the podcasts in i you know like audio only and and um youtube and anyway all the information will be on the web page and i'll share the link under all the um, platforms and you can find the link to matt's website and and the 20 minute sound journey and are you traveling anywhere? Are you going anywhere? So where, where are your next sessions? What's the plan, yeah. man? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing very quickly. Um, I'm, I'm leaning more into retreats now and, and more ongoing work, which is beautiful. Um, I'll be up on the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast in the next week or two. Um, and then got a few retreats here in um, May and August. And... Um, and I actually, it's interesting you said that you got people in the States because on your group, because um, I just sent a post out before we started this. Um, we're organizing to, to get into the States, and take the work back home um, for next year. So, yeah, lots on the horizon. So watch this space. Uh, mm. If you want to meet Matt and, and experience the work in 3D, you know, physically, check out his website. And uh, as I say, I'll have the link on my webpage. Cool. And you. uh, you've got your events and where you're going. Because as this Aboriginal elder said, at this other book launch I went to, mm. Nicole, it was Nicole Rule's book launch, uh, The Power of Notes. She had an Aboriginal speak. She said, you know, the, this is where the teachers come to learn and then they take their work back out into the world. That's what she said when I thought, cool. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So it looks yeah. like you might have some travel in your future. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. With the work. Any last pearls of wisdom you'd like to leave with people uh i think we've we've hit a lot of it um, <laughs> in a nutshell i think just you know uh, just just honor your voice like you, you and, and voice is not just the expression coming out of your vocal cords it's the intentionality behind it and so that then is your mind and your heart that are infused in the expression that's wanted to come forward and that that is actually needed like it, it the world needs your voice and each one of us uniquely can only be us and it has to it has to be expressed fully for the world to be fully expressed so 
do that. <laughs> the world needs your voice. It has to be expressed fully for the world to be fully expressed. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being on oh. the show. Oh, thanks, Karen. See you soon. A beautiful conversation with Matt Omo, the gong guru. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, you know, it's hard to. I said to him, can we do some sound during the interview? And he said, Zoom really compresses the sound. He's a bit of a perfectionist. So the sound really doesn't translate when you're listening to it through a Zoom interview or a Zoom call, <clears throat> that which, which is what we're doing now. So we didn't do any sound for you today. So I will put that link on my website if you want to go and experience that 20-minute activation, sound activation that he's prepared for you with better audio, not coming through the you know, little mic that we're using to have this conversation. So interesting what he said about sound. You know, my mum was really insistent. People call me Karen and not Karen. So many people still call me Karen. But there's quite a different resonance in the sound of a name. And uh, there's many names like that. There's Elise and Alice and, you know, Simone and Simone. And there's different qualities of sound. And it actually affects, it affects manifestation. So it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, even people's accents and the way we talk the way we speak, it's all sound. But what we can perceive through our ears is so limited to the sound spectrum. And so there could be silent sound and yet it's still affecting us. You know, there could be vibration happening that is sound, but we can't hear it. So we don't call it sound, but it's still affecting us. And um, it's happening all the time around us, but we can't perceive it through these limited physical senses. Yeah, it's fascinating. I can't wait for sound to do the beam me up, Scotty thing. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Just be able to teleport anywhere on the world, in the world. You know, don't have to get in a plane and create all that pollution. And yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen in my lifetime, but I look forward to it at some point, maybe in the next life. <laughs> beam me up, Scotty. Thanks again for watching uh, the show and uh, for being a part of Accentuate the Positive and. Uh, and my conversations with gorgeous light weavers, you all teachers. And remember, if you have an interesting story that you'd like to share, yeah, just pop me a line and uh, let me know. We can share it either on the show or in the book series, Awakening Soul Series, sharing people's stories of awakening. Matt said after the show, <laughs> he didn't know that I was going to go there with this conversation because most of the people that interview him say, oh, don't get too woo-woo. And I'm the opposite. Like, could you be more woo-woo, please? <laughs> the world needs your woo-woo, I said to him. And he was kind of shocked that I wanted to talk about Hathors and spirit and talking to dead people. He was like, oh, I didn't know this is where we were going to go. He was going to get into the neuroscience of sound and all that sort of technical stuff, which we could have gone there as well. He's a wealth of information. So, uh, yeah, remember to check out his... Um, his work on his website i'll have the website underneath the youtube and, and, and on my page and uh yeah remember to buy the book awakened by death stories of transformation through the death experience which is actually his story really was a part of that he had this awakening through the death of his mom and then through the death of justine one of his best friends uh this activation this acceleration of awareness through the death experience so it was interesting that it sort of fitted in with that awakening experience that we've wrote, we've written about in Awakened by Death. And uh, who's coming up in the Inner Sanctum? I have got Rich Martini coming up this month, 
who talks about hacking the afterlife. I love Rich because he's so, you know, like irreverent with the whole death thing. You know, he kind of, he's like me. He doesn't talk about, oh, death, it's terrible. He's like hacking the afterlife. And he interviews a bit like Elisa Medhus does. He interviews, uses psychics and mediums to interview people on the other side. You know, how did you like your physical life experience and what did you learn and what's it like over there and what are you doing now? And he, he interviews dead people. I love it. Hacking the afterlife. And he's a hoot. He's an absolute hoot. So if you want to join us, please do and uh, join the Inner Sanctum. It's not expensive at all. And you get to meet me and some of my guests on the show. And we also get together with me and we talk about being a deliberate creator, how you can be more deliberate and flowing your energy so that you can be the master manifester of this of your life and of a new of the new world thanks again for watching love you all bye for now